Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, transcribed in Hollywood and starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Welcome to the Comic Web's Old Time Radio Podcast. Each week we feature an episode from the golden years of radio. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs, comic books, and more. Check us out at comicweb.com. You'll get some of my brief commentary after the episode. This week we have Burns and Allen watching The Neighbor's Daughter. Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George? Sure, pour me a cup, Gracie. You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last drop. That drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House coffee time, transcribed in Hollywood and starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With our special guests, Rudy Valley, yours truly, Toby Reed, Mary Lee Robb, Dick Crenna, Harry Lubin and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and Bill Goodwin. For America's Thursday night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for America's everyday coffee-drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House. Always good to the last drop. Burns' next-door neighbors, the Vanderlips, are out of town for a few days, and their teenage daughter, Emily, has moved in with George and Gracie until her parents return. It's a balmy, romantic night in June as we go to the Burns' house, and Emily is on the front porch saying goodnight to her teenage boyfriend. Do you have to go in, Emily? Yes, Rudy. Mr. and Mrs. Burns are already asleep. Thanks for taking me to the Coconut Grove tonight. Gosh, that's all right. You paid your own way. (laughs) I didn't mind. Someday I'll have a better job and make more money. I won't always be third assistant soda jerk. You bet you won't. Someday you'll be the highest paid jerk in town. (laughs) Gee, thanks, Emily. I love the way you sang in my ear while we were dancing. I'm a lousy singer. (laughs) Oh, I don't care. I loved it. And I love you, Rudy. I love you, Emily. And someday you'll be my wife. Mrs. Rudolph Schreckenhorst. (laughs) Rudolph Schreckenhorst. That's beautiful. (laughs) What a honeymoon we'll have. In the distance, I can already hear the roar of Niagara Falls. That's Mr. Burns sleeping on his back. (laughs) I have to go in now, Rudy. Can I kiss you goodnight, Emily? If you want to. (laughs) Fuck her up. Wow, kissing's fun. <laughs> and it'll even be more fun after we're married. Then you can kiss me on the forehead. I didn't know husbands kissed their wives on the forehead. Well, I didn't either until I moved in with the Burnses. <laughs> Good night, Rudy. I'm going in and write about you in my diary. Good night, Emily. I'll count the seconds while I'm away from you. Do that, Rudy. One, two, three, four, five. Good morning, Gracie. How about some breakfast? Oh, George, I'm too upset to think about breakfast. Something terrible has happened to Emily. What's the matter? Well, after she left for school this morning, I found her diary and I read it. And hold it, it contra- hold it. Huh? You shouldn't read Emily's diary. That isn't done. I know, but it's great as far as it goes. <laughs> it's 
not nice. I'll say it isn't. <laughs> you know what I found out? She's in love with Rudy Valley. What? It's true, George. Emily's been dating the hobo hugger. Hobo hugger? Tramp kisser? You mean vagabond lover? Yeah, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> It's all right here in her diary. She and Rudy are engaged to be married. Oh, go. Little kid and a man old enough to be her father. (laughs) That could never work. Well, I don't know, George. We've been very happy. (laughs) Well, he wouldn't even date a high school kid. He's got thousands of women. He's a handsome guy. Yeah, he is handsome, except when he sings. You know, I saw him a long time ago in the theater, and when he sang, his lips stuck out like a Ubangi. You're singing through a megaphone. Yeah, oh, oh. Rudy Valley is doing all right. You ought to read the article about him in the July Red Book magazine. What, what does it say? Well, it says that he's one of the great entertainers of all time. And it says that he's a sensation in nightclubs right now. Oh, you'd be even better. In fact, lots of people want to buy a nightclub just so they could give you a job. Really? Well, sure. Every time you sing, they say, oh, if I only had a club. (laughs) (laughs) Let's uh, let's drop the whole subject. Um, I'm I'm sure the Rudy in Emily's diary isn't Rudy Ballard. Well, I think it is, George. Let me read it to you. Yes, I'd like to hear that. All right, now listen. (laughs) Yeah. Had a date with Rudy tonight. It was wonderful. That could be anybody. While we danced, he sang to me. Poor Rudy, he can't carry a tune in a basket. (laughs) That's beginning to sound like Valley, all right. (laughs) And listen to this. He asked me to be his wife. Someday I'll be married to the highest paid jerk in town. Sounds even more like Valley now. <laughs> he took me to the Coconut Grove tonight. I had to pay my own way. It is Valley, yeah. Gracie, <laughs> you've got to break this thing up. We're responsible for that girl. Well, I know. I wish Emily's father were in town. Old Vandalip is a Yale man like Rudy. He could straighten everything out. How? He could appeal to Rudy. Well, I think Rudy would still prefer Emily. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Yale men are very loyal to one another. George? Yeah? Why don't you go to Rudy and pose as Mr. Vandalip, the Yale man? I, uh, I wouldn't be convincing. I haven't had Vandalip's education. You went to school longer than he did. Honey, Vandalip went through grade school, high school, and college. I never got past the third grade. I know, but you went to school longer than he did. (laughs) Yes, I was the only third grader in PS 98 that shaved every day. Well, now look, Hollander was my teacher. Oh. (laughs) George, you've just got to go to Rudy Valley and talk to him. Look, let's wait until Emily comes home from school this afternoon and talk to her. Well, that won't do any good, George. I know how she feels. When I was her age, I felt the same way about Rudy Valley. And so did my mother before Let's, uh, let's wait and see I'm going in the kitchen to fix some breakfast 
See if I can fix some chicken chow, man. <laughs> well, if he won't be Mr. Vandalip, I'll be Mrs. Vandalip. Somebody's got to talk to Rudy Valley. <laughs> Yes, please. Oh, hello. Uh, you're not Rudy Valley, are you? Oh, no, me, Mr. Valley, Chinese boy. Well. <laughs> I didn't know he had married a Chinese girl. <laughs> um, tell your father I'd like to see him. No, no, not Mr. Valley's son. Just work for Mr. Valley. Oh, Wong, uh, Wong, would you run down to... Well, how do you do? Well, hello, Mr. Valley. Well, uh, well, don't just stand there, Wong. This attractive young lady has just come in from the heat of the day. Fetch a glass of champagne for Miss... Uh, Miss... It's Mrs. I'm married. Oh. Well, don't stand there, Wong. Bring her a glass of water. <laughs> no, Wong, no, Father. I, I'm just here to give Mr. Valley a piece of my mind, and that won't take long. Excuse me I gather that you've come to upbraid me No, I'm not here to fix your hair <laughs> I, uh, I came to tell you that you've got to stop chasing Emily Vandalip Emily Vandalip? Yes I've dated a Jessica Vandalip, Clarissa Vandalip, also a Florence Vandalip But Emily escapes me Well, the next time she escapes, don't chase her <laughs> She's too young and innocent why, I don't think she's even been kissed. You say I've dated her? Many times. She's been kissed. <laughs> then you should be ashamed of yourself. She's only 17. 17? Then I assure you I have not dated the girl. My conscience would never allow it. Not to mention my attorneys. <laughs> oh, but you, you have dated her. She says so right in her diary. Now, it's got to stop. My daughter is too young for you. Emily is your daughter. Not only that, I'm her mother. <laughs> but you look too young to have a daughter, 17. Oh, I'm older than you think. Really? Oh, yes, I'll soon be 20. <laughs> you, uh, you can't believe it, huh? Well, hardly. How long have you been married? 15 years. You were married at 5? No, I, I think it was about 3.30. <laughs> moment. About this 17-year-old daughter, don't you have your figures mixed up? No, this is mine. She's wearing hers. I mean, you can't possibly be 20. Married 15 years and have a daughter 17. No, huh? No. Well, uh, let's try it this way. I'm 15, I've been married 17 years, and I have a daughter 20. Now, uh, even I can see through that one. <laughs> Why don't you tell me the truth? You have to forgive me. I'm terribly upset about you and my daughter. Emily's father should have come to see you. You know, he's a Yale man like you. Your husband went to Yale? No, no. Emily's father went to Yale. You've been married twice. Twice? No, only once. Isn't your husband your daughter's father? Uh, oh, yes, I guess he should be, shouldn't he? <laughs> You know, he's beginning to sound more like a Harvard man. Oh. oh, now I'm straightened out. My husband is Emily's father, and he's a Yale man. Well, I'm always interested in a fellow alumnus. 
Did your husband get a letter at Yale? Oh, sure. I wrote to him every week. <laughs> I mean, you don't understand what a Yale letter is. But what is it? Why? That's what I say. Who cares? Now, <laughs> may I have your address? 360 North Camden. Thank you. I'll drop over and talk with your husband about this. You're too upset to make sense, but perhaps we Yale men can straighten this thing out. Oh, no, no. No, you, you mustn't talk to my husband. Why not? Uh, well, um... You see, he's even more upset than I am. He doesn't even remember going to Yale. How ghastly. <laughs> and it's all because of you and our daughter. You've just got to give her up. But I don't even know the girl. Oh, Mr. Valley, I'm serious about this. You can play dumb, but I'm not playing. <laughs> now, promise me you'll give her up. If it'll terminate this interview, I promise. Oh, good. And now that it's over... Yeah, I just want to say that I don't blame Emily. You're, you really look very handsome and quite young, too. Thank you. Though it's a funny thing, you looked younger when I first came in. I was younger. <laughs> I would say that your little visit has aged me about five years. Ah, yes, sweet. Well, goodbye, or as you Yale men say, anchors away. <laughs> I will, and you watch out for squirrels. <laughs> what an experience. Oh, Wong. Oh, yes, sir, please, Mr. Valley. Wong, I'm going over to 360 North Camden to rehabilitate an old Yale man. Worry over his young daughter has unseated his mind. He doesn't even remember going to Yale. Oh, how ghastly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my therapy should be to take him back to the good old days of New Haven. Fetch my raccoon coat, my Yale pennant and beanie. Lie away. You'll find them in my room where I took them off last night. to Daddy. That Cole Porter classic reminds us that Father's Day is next Sunday, June 19th. That's a day you can show Dad just how much you really appreciate him. So pamper the man. Make him feel like a king in his own castle from breakfast on. And you can be sure Dad's heart will belong to you when he tastes that delicious, heartwarming coffee. Rich, mellow Maxwell House coffee. You know, only Maxwell House gives you such a satisfying, good-to-the-last-drop flavor. And it's this superb flavor that's made Maxwell House America's favorite brand of coffee. That's right, Maxwell House is bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee at any price. How does Maxwell House create this superb flavor? Well, it's just one way. It's the blending of many choice coffees, premium varieties of highland-grown Latin American coffees, all carefully selected by our Maxwell House experts. First, they choose Bonazzale's coffees for melonists. Next, metalums are added for richness. 
still other fine coffees contribute vigor. And Bucaramanga's round out the fine, full body. This perfectly balanced Maxwell House blend is then radiant roasted to flavor perfection and brought to you vacuum-packed in the familiar blue Maxwell House tin. And ladies, vacuum packing is especially important these days. For roasted coffee, ground or in the whole bean, loses flavor when it's packed in ordinary containers where air can easily reach it. But Maxwell House coffee is carefully vacuum-packed. So you get all the flavor and goodness you pay for. So, friends, discover the extra flavor, the extra enjoyment of Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. We now find Rudy Valley, complete with raccoon coat, beanie, and college pennant, arriving at the Burns home under the impression that he's going to rehabilitate an old Yale man whose mind is cracked. George sees him approach. Holy smoke, what's that coming up the wall? <laughs> it's Valley. I guess he is dating Emily. He's making himself for a college boy to do it. That guy is nuttier than a fruitcake. Come in. Bula Bula. <laughs> bula Bula. Regretty X, Quack, Quack. Yay, yay, yay. How about a nice cold glass of water? <laughs> Have I awakened anything? Yeah, the neighbors. Hold it down. <laughs> to the tables down at Maury's, to the place where Louis dwells. To the dear old temple bar we love so well. <laughs> Sing the whipping coast assembled with their glasses raised on high. <laughs> and the magic of their singing casts its spell. Let's <laughs> 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 get a load of this. Down in the garden where the ripples Love you so, love me like a flower. Don't you dare to holler. Come along, let's do the ripples. <laughs> Poor chap, this will take a bit of doing What a crackpot <laughs> Think back, old fellow, can't you remember your school days? Yeah, a little, back in old 98 98, eh? That was a long time ago Did you take part in any sports? Yeah, played a little pussycat and potsy <laughs> <laughs> You must have had jolly times at Yale Yale? Yes, don't you remember? You're a son of old Eli. Oh, man's name was Sam. <laughs> well, I'm speaking of Yale University. Yale? Oh, back again, darling. It... Oh, Mr. Valley. Oh, my glad you're home. Mr. Vandal appears in worse condition than I thought. Wait a minute. I'm not Mr. Vandal. Oh, my husband thinks he's George Burns. What a horrible affliction. <laughs> To whispering about. I'm George Burns. Now my driver's license. See for yourself. Hmm. Madam, this man is George Burns. Well, how do you do, Mr. Burns? I'm Mrs. Vandalip. <laughs> uh, look. Uh, where's your beautiful young wife, Gracie Allen? Is she gone? Real gone. <laughs> now let's straighten this thing out, Rudy. I'm George Burns, and this is my wife, Gracie. If you'll pardon my saying so, you two strike me as both being rather peculiar. 
That's great, coming from a guy who's wearing a raccoon coat and a beanie. <laughs> well, just who is Emily Vanderlip? Well, she's a neighbor girl who's staying with us for a while while the folks are out of town. And she thinks you're the most fascinating man in the world, Rudy. Well, at least she's sane. <laughs> here comes Emily home from school. Finding me here may send her into a frenzy of uncontrollable emotion. Where can I hide? Well, lie down on the floor and show your teeth. I'll tell her you're a raccoon rug. <laughs> Come in the den with me, Rudy. Yes, now I'll try to reason with Emily. Oh, Valley, Valley, why were you cursed with this fatal charm? <laughs> Come on, say both Murray's. Let's go. Hello, Mrs. Byrne. Oh, Emily, I'm glad you're home from school. Wait till I get up on a chair. Get up on a chair? Well, you're taller than I am, and I want to have a heart-to-heart talk with you. <laughs> what about Mrs. Burns? Well, about Rudy. Well, he's not the sort of person you should go with. Why, he has girls by the hundred, by the thousand. You mean he chases women? And catches them, too. <laughs> and another thing, if you marry him, you'll have to listen to him sing day and night. Oh, after we're married, he'll stop singing. Well, you know, if I was sure of that, I'd let you go through with it. <laughs> you anyway. I want Rudy to be the father of my children. Why, Emily, how many have you got? <laughs> Not yet. Oh, forget him, Emily. Do you know how old Rudy is? Yes, he was 18 on Columbus Day. Well, there you are. That was in 1492. <laughs> now, that would make him about, uh, uh, uh Oh, my goodness. He's older than George. <laughs> Mrs. Burns, have you ever seen Rudy? Well, sure. He's in the den with George right now. Oh, he is? Oh, gee. Oh, come in. Hi, Gracie. Oh, hello, Emily. Oh, hello, Mr. Goodwin. Well, now, if you'll excuse me, I want to go to my room and get all prettied up for Rudy. Don't let him get away. Hey, Gracie. Emily got a new boyfriend? Yes, Bill. He's Rudy Valley. No fooling. I didn't know the old silver-nosed tenor had a son. <laughs> knows himself. Oh, you're kidding. Well, I'll show you. Oh, Rudy, George, come on out. Oh. Hello, Bill. Well, Bill Goodwin. Rudy, what's this about you dating Emily Vanderlip? Oh, Bill, I've never met the girl. As frequently happens, she has built a dream fantasy around Valley. Women of all ages find me the most irresistible of men. <laughs> Would you get the colossal conceit of this guy? How can he say that he's the most irresistible of men? When he knows I am. <laughs> couple of couple of shy kids. George, this gives me an idea. Bill, you take Emily away from Rudy, and George will take her away from you, and then I'll take George away from her, and she'll be back where she started. <laughs> Bill, take a girl away from me with my Barrymore profile. Mm. You know, Rudy, you do look a little like Ethel. Uh. <laughs> oh, Goodwin, you're merely jealous. Because after a girl dates me, she never calls you again. Yeah, well, after she dates you, she can't call me. She hasn't got a nickel left. <laughs> Easy there, Goodwin. It's not safe to arouse the ire of an old Yale man. It is when he's as old as you are. <laughs> This is too much. Mrs. Burns, I need something to restore my composure. Could you fix me a cup of Maxwell House coffee? Well, I'll be glad to, Rudy. Hey, you, you drink Maxwell House coffee? Yes, and I warn you, Goodwin, ridiculing me is bad enough. 
But if you dare say one detrimental word about mellow, delicious Maxwell House coffee, I shall trounce you. But, but, Ruby... Why? How could a nope like you appreciate the consummate skill that goes into the making of Maxwell House, the way those superb Latin American coffees are expertly blended and then radiant roasted to the very peak of flavor perfection? Well, yeah, but Rudy... Silence! I'll have no aspersions cast upon Maxwell House. It's America's favorite brand of coffee, always good to the last drop. Now, have you anything less to say? Yes. I love you. (laughs) And George Burns, shame on you for even suggesting that I could take a girl away from this fine, handsome, intelligent young college boy. Thank you. I didn't suggest it. It was Gracie's idea. Why don't you ball her out? What? Ball out the boss? I want to work next season. How do you do? I'm Rudolph, Emily's sweetheart. Not anymore. She's got a new sweetheart. What? Oh, but I, I, I'll tell her you're here. Uh, you say your name is Rudolph? Schreckenhorst. Watch your language, young man. <laughs> no, I'm Rudolph Schreckenhorst. Oh, oh. Hey, maybe you're the one who can take her away from Rudy Valley. Come on in the den. Uh, boys. Our problem may be solved. What have you dreamed up now? Well, this nice young man is going to take Emily away from you, Mr. Valley. Uh, that's right, sir. How do you do? This hobbledy-hoy? <laughs> I'm not a hobbledy-hoy. No, he's a Shrekken horse. <laughs> Gracie, this won't work. Oh, yes, it will. Valley won't have a chance against this boy. This is the final insult. Until this moment, I had no interest in Miss Vanderlip. But now I shall turn on every ounce of my magnetism and reduce her to a quivering mass of adoration. Well, do it outside. I just swept this floor. <laughs> it's too late. Here comes Emily. Mrs. Burns, did you tell... Rudy, darling. She spies me. Her heart flutters. <laughs> Emily, let me kiss you, dream man. If you must. No, no, young lady. I'm over here. You're kissing the Shrekelhorst. <laughs> The magnetism, Rudy. Make it quiver. Ah, a bit of music will do it. I shall play my trump. Oh, I thought you played the sax. <laughs> I was referring to my incomparable voice. My time is your time. Oh, I sure wish Mr. Your Burns would stop that awful singing. No, it's not Mr. Burns. It's that other man. You mean the old creep with the megaphone? <laughs> yeah, I think his name is Rudy Valley. Never heard of him. Let's go, lover. Coming, honey, baby. Rudy. my time. Rudy. Look, you can stop singing. Somebody just beat your time. <laughs> yes, Rudy. The Shrekken horse came in first. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I must be dreaming. Mrs. Burns, will you pinch me? Oh, no. Just because you lost Emily, you're not going to start a romance with me. (laughs) (laughs) My time is yours. George and Gracie will return in just a moment, and here's Bill Goodwin. Housewives of America, Gracie Allen has proposed war. No, not on George. Gracie has declared war on home accidents. 
Almost 100 people are killed and nearly 3,000 injured every day in accidents in and about the home. That's why Gracie has formed the Don't Be a Gracie Club for Home Safety. Now, it's no fun to have an accident, but it can be fun to help prevent them. Write Gracie Allen today for free information on forming a chapter of the Don't Be a Gracie Club in your town. It's lots of fun and a grand service to your community, too. Just address your letter to Gracie Allen, Hollywood Plaza Hotel, Hollywood, California. Join us again next Thursday when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Bill Goodwin, Harry Lubin, and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Toby Reed. And now, here are our stars. We're a little late. Good night, folks. If you like good things the easy way, good things the easy way, instant Maxwell House, that's for you. No time, no trouble. No grounds, no fun. And it's good to the very last. You know what? Yes, instant Maxwell House means great coffee instantly in your cup. Here's real instant coffee. All pure Maxwell House coffee in instant form. Enjoy instant Maxwell House. Instantly. Good to the very last. You know what? Good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House. The George Burns and Gracie Allen show was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Paul Henning and Keith Fowler. George Burns and Gracie Allen was one of the funniest duos in the history of American comedy. Both came from vaudeville, where they performed from childhood, honing their skills. When they met and decided to work together, they created an act that is unforgettable. While their earlier shows continued their stand-up vaudeville act, they gradually transformed their format to create one of the earliest situation comedies. The two employed running gags, including George's purported jealousy of Gracie's latest crush and Gracie's search for her missing brother, a gimmick that was incorporated into the popular culture of the day. Numerous major stars of the period appeared on their shows. Regulars included Harry Von Zell, Hans Conrad, and Meredith Wilson. The comedic skill of the two is legendary. George's writing and dry wit were a perfect foil for the dazzling dizziness of the brilliant Gracie. For sheer fun, Burns and Allen ranks among the best old-time radio programs. And now, kids, it's time for our Comic Web Radio Secret Society code. one five seventeen eighteen. Just enter this code at www.comicweb.com slash secretsociety.htm. Deciphering the code will give you all the benefits of membership in the Comic Web Radio Secret Society. Benefits include more free episodes, fun facts, a certificate of membership, and you get 15% off any order from the Comic Web. Just use the word on checkout where we ask for a coupon code. The code again is 151718. If you have any comments on how to improve our podcast, please send an email to us or fill out the survey on our website. Our email is editor at comicweb.com, and we would appreciate anyone leaving reviews of the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else. Thanks, and have a good week.